Hello, everybody. This is Noah and John, and we are from Urban Digs. And today, John, we are going to be talking New Jersey. Yes, it's a, a it's new, new twist. I like it already. I mean, we have a lot of people asking us to talk about things outside of Manhattan. We've already talked about Brooklyn a bunch of times, and we're going to go heavy into Brooklyn. We're getting Queens. We're getting Hamptons. We're getting New Jersey. Let's start with New Jersey. We got Natalie Minyard here of Triple Mint. Okay, does a lot of business in New Jersey, and she is going to guide us through the light, John. Yes, let's let's yes. jump in. <laughs> yes, stay away from the light, John. <laughs> Sorry, I had to sneak that poltergeist coming in. Anyway, Natalie, let me get right to it. We're going to shift from poltergeist and the ghost into the real market of New Jersey. Please tell our audience what is going on. We have been obviously very, very busy. Um, we are gonna focus a little bit today more on Hudson County. Uh, to get into all of New Jersey would be uh, a lot and even, even more specific, probably Jersey City, downtown and Hoboken, where we do a lot uh, of business here. So Jersey has been obviously incredibly busy. Um, we did see in the suburban, the suburban market, um, the $2.5 million homes, uh, we saw more contracts, 97% increase in contracts in that price point. Uh, that, that area has been pretty stagnant for the last 10 plus years. Uh, but in, from February of last year to February of this year, we saw a 97% increase in contracts. So that's been a big boom and it speaks a lot to where the buyers may be coming from. Mm -hmm. um, homes, less than 400,000 saw a reduction. We saw about 22% less contracts year over year. Um, specifically Hudson County, uh, you know, we've been one of the busiest markets uh, in New Jersey for again, 10 plus years, a lot of development, a lot of people moving over the river, uh, coming closer to the city, uh, the jobs market obviously, you know, pushes that as well. Uh, the ease of the commute, the path, the ferry, um, and so we've been very busy in Hudson County. We did see that drop a little bit because people were kind of moving out to the bigger houses and they were trying to get a little bit more space, yards. Right. So, um, we do have to break it down a little bit, you know, be somewhat specific. So as we go into some of these questions, um, you know, there's a broad statement, but then you really, probably more than ever, you have to really pay attention to the actual product that you're working with, whether it's what your buyers are looking for or what your seller is selling specifically uh, and really dig into the details of that and how it compares and is it in demand? Yeah, no, it's a great point. And, and if we could just pause for a second and just take care of a little bit of housekeeping here. And that's just like, yeah. if you could just kind of describe, you know, what is Hudson County? What is that, where, you know, what cities are there? And just sort of, you know, the, the main sort of coast of Jersey as it relates to a Manhattan audience. And if you could do that. And then the second question is, at what level does sort of the, the, the luxury market start? Is it, you know, 500,000, a million? Like at what point does it be, kind of become sort of a, a more luxurious market? Gotcha. So Hudson County is basically all along the Gold Coast here. Uh, Bayonne, basically the southern tip, um, all the way up to um, about Weehawken, okay. uh, Guttenberg. So obviously Jersey City. Jersey City is huge, has a lot of different neighborhoods. We've got downtown, the Heights, Journal Square, West Bergen, Bergen Lafayette, and Journal Square. Um, so we have a lot of a lot of towns in, in Hudson County and even in, in just Jersey City in general. There's a lot of different neighborhoods uh, to talk about. Luxury market, I would say you're probably looking about half a million and up uh, okay. to get into 
in probably a studio uh, and up in a nice luxury building, doorman, uh, pool, amenities, that sort of thing. Interesting. All right. Great. Thanks. Hey, Natalie, <laughs> Thanks for that. I, I got a question here. Um, did, the, did those sectors of the Jersey market, did they behave like going back last year, just for a minute, because, because suburban housing kind of never really had a downtrend since this whole thing started. It kind of just been, and, and Manhattan vertical markets did have a downtrend. And I think of the Brooklyn market, it was kind of a hybrid, um, um, more like acting like suburban. Did Jersey act more like a suburban housing market and just kind of not have a COVID downturn and just progressively recover and, 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 and go higher from, from the get go? Or did they, did they have a period of time where it was kind of shut down and going down like Manhattan did? before recovery. No, we, we saw a downturn, certainly in Hudson County, we saw a downturn, um, much like a lot of other areas from uh, April to about June, April being the worst, you know, nobody knew what the heck was going on. And, you know, it, it was a challenge for us. We were still um, considered essential in New Jersey. So we didn't stop working. We just were trying to figure out how to do it. So there were tons of people coming over that wanted to buy, um, you know, people even in Hudson County that wanted more space, people, you know, were trying to get yards and extra rooms for offices or children right. or what have you. Um, and so, you know, we did see the dip in April. Uh, that was the worst of it across the board. Um, you know, definitely um, started going up from there. So we only had about three months where it was really rough. Uh, and then I would say in July, we started taking back up to a, to a balanced market. So it didn't feel as much as a seller's. Uh, not so much of a buyer's, but really just kind of a fair market. But that is still, if you break it down to what people were looking for, you know, you really can't say that generally. If you just look at the basic right. numbers of all numbers, that's what you would say. But then you have to get more specific because if you had a three bedroom home to sell with a little outdoor space, you were in crazy high demand. If you had right. a small 700 square foot, one bedroom, you know, maybe not quite as high of a demand. So we definitely did see the market go down, honestly, across the board, because again, we weren't sure, you know, and also the other thing that a lot of people didn't think about is where are these people going? So, mm -hmm. you know, I think everybody was leaving, but they didn't know where they were going. So the inventory wasn't necessarily coming onto the market the way we would have liked for all the demand that was coming over. So there still right. were only so many homes that were on the market to sell, even though we had a huge demand of buyers. So the numbers didn't change as much as you would think. And they also, look, we didn't have, you know, when the market crashed back in the day, we did not, you know, there, it was a different market. We don't have as many people that were underwater. You know, most of the people that have bought in the last 10 years or so put 20% down and had some equity in their homes and also saw prices go up in the last 10 years. So yeah. there wasn't that desperation uh, you know, across the board that we've seen in the past when, you know, things went down. So people kind of held firm. And, you know, I got, I definitely got calls from people in Hudson County that had larger homes. They knew it was a good time to sell, knew that we were seeing a really high demand, but their question was, okay, where do we go? And so that was kind of our challenge, you know, to, to find uh, the inventory because where are they going? And, and is there inventory now, or is that, a, is that an issue right now? No, there's, there, well, it's back to um, about three months of supply uh, in downtown Jersey City. And That's again, low. that is low. It is low. So it's, it's back to a seller's market if we're just looking at those, you know, basic numbers. But I'm going to keep harping on it probably every question. Right. It really does depend on what you, you know, what they're looking for and what they're selling.
Well, let's let's talk about basic numbers. And just could you give us an overview of what what are the few basic numbers? You know, if you're looking at a, a few charts that kind of describe the market, what would those be like? You know, supply, demand, that that sort of thing. So we had um, in in I guess compared to Jersey City and Hoboken, and we'll talk downtown Jersey City, Hoboken. That seems to be a similar buyer uh, market. Um, we saw one families because that was a pretty big demand so one families um pretty much came back up uh to 2018 numbers if you guys want specific numbers in downtown jersey city in 2018 we saw about 27 one families uh sell in 2018 mm -hmm. and the average median median price point was about 1.2 that dropped in uh, in downtown Jersey City in 2019 to just under a million was the median and there were 40 uh, homes that sold. So qu quite a, a, a jump. We didn't see that same jump in Hoboken uh, and I can touch on that why in a moment. In 2020, it actually went back to 2018 numbers, almost exactly. So that little dip that we got in 2019 in downtown Jersey City mm -hmm. actually went back up um, to almost the 1.2 uh, mark for um, you know for a single family home, some of that what I I find interesting and this is a little bit not COVID related um, in Jersey City we had a reval that happened across the city in 2018 that's when they finalized it and they, we hadn't had that in 30 years and so brownstones two fa one family two families brownstones in downtown Jersey City which was kind of the most sought after part of Jersey City where we saw the highest appreciation over the last 30 years. You know their taxes changed from you know some of them doubled to tripled uh some of wow. these these home uh taxes right so they were assessed based on the value of 2018 then their taxes tripled to 20 uh, in 2019 so you see the excess of inventory come on the market um because people really just couldn't afford their homes anymore i mean that's a that's a huge jump in taxes some of these people don't own their homes for a very very long time so what was interesting is that the the prices you know did go down a little bit but then with you know what happened in 2020 there was such a flood of people wanting those those larger homes that it brought us right back to 2018 um with those numbers interesting uh, so you, reval you mean like a revaluation yeah revaluation of the whole just like city. a reset kind of thing yeah yeah yep so the, the different neighborhoods some neighborhoods actually their taxes went down a little bit um right. most in Jersey City did feel uh, the taxes go up. I know heights doubled, uh, but you know, I kind of had to look at it while well, we hadn't been reassessed in 30 years. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Let me, let me, if, I could, if I could just jump in for a second, I'm just curious, how, how do taxes in say New Jersey compare to say, and, and if you don't know it, I, I completely understand, but I'm just curious how taxes in New Jersey compare to say Long Island or Westchester, some of the other sort of uh, metropolitan uh, commuter neighborhoods. You may know better there, but in general, I mean, I've always known that New Jersey has the highest taxes in the country. Um, it's one of our challenges. Um, you know, obviously, when we're selling real estate here in Hudson County, um, and you, you know, you're paying right now, our tax rate in Jersey City is about 1.6, a little bit, maybe 1.61 um, of the assessed value. Um, interestingly, there was a lot of new development around, um, you know, 20, uh, well, it's been going on in Jersey City, obviously. Uh, but the home, the buildings that got abatements, and most of the abatements were 20-ish years, 20 to 30 years if they were really lucky. Um, and, but our abatements work differently than, than they are in New York. So mm -hmm. um, they every building had to apply for their own abatement. 
and uh, and they got their own time period and their own rate. And um, so those properties that were in an abatement didn't get reassessed during this reval because they had their assessed value locked in at their purchase price. So actually those people didn't get hurt. It was really more the people that had owned for a while um, or the older things that hadn't been uh, reassessed. I mean, for someone that bought in 2016 or 2017 and then got hit with um, the reval, it was a big, it was a big deal. Yeah, this is this is deep stuff, Natalie. I I, I love it. Um, yeah. Can we um can we just um shift just a little bit and get a sense of negotiability? Um, if you can just tell our viewers some some idea relative, I would love to know. Um, you know what negotiability was kind of like before COVID. Um, what what kind of happened during those dark months or two, and then where we current where we are today with negotiability. So you know, again, going back to what was in demand. Um, you know, we didn't, most things were still selling. If you sold, if you listed at a reasonable price, you paid attention to comps, things were selling, you know, in 30 to 45 days. We're definitely, we're seeing that pretty much across the board. Um, we were seeing different neighborhoods tick up. Downtown has always been, you know, with the path and the ferries right there, the waterfront was always kind of the most, um, got the highest price per square foot. Um, but we started seeing other neighbors, neighbor, neighborhoods sort of, uh, pick up and see and get and gain traction. The Heights really boomed because there's more families, uh, excuse me, there were more uh, single families mm -hmm. uh, up there for yards and things like that. Um, mm -hmm. So it depended a bit what you were looking for. Um, during the April, probably to June of last year, you really had some wiggle room if you were in, again, I'm gonna say this, the, a studio, one bedroom, uh, you know, our market here is so condo strong. Um, you right. definitely had some room to negotiate a bit. Smaller, about, smaller apartments that were out of favor. Right. Yeah, smaller apartments that were out of favor. But even then, Sorry. yeah, but even then, you know, it, did it have some outdoor space? Was it facing south? Did it get a lot of light? You know, it, a lot of these things, higher ceilings, you know, newer finishes. It just, there's so many different factors. Um, to even that, you know, it, what we saw in the construction back maybe 15, 10, 15 years ago, um, developers built larger homes. We saw higher square footages where we're seeing now, you know, you're lucky. Maybe then you receive maybe 750 to 800 square foot one bedrooms would be the average size. Um, now you're lucky to see, you know, 650 to 700. Um, so what I'm finding interesting is that some of the buildings that, you know, would be considered a little bit older, um, 10, 15 years old, uh, but had larger footprints, um, even though the finishes are maybe a little bit outdated at this point, there was a demand for those larger footprints that maybe weren't as exciting, you know, uh, just a year right. ago. Right. Go get something. So I've seen that adjust a little bit. Well, interesting. So that's let's let's talk about the the new stuff that's coming on and, and what's happening in the new development sector. I mean, you know, Manhattan and and to some extent Brooklyn has its own issues with new development. It's a very it, it's its own beast. It's it the, the data is very opaque. Um, there's a lot of talk about what's the actual inventory out there, um, but we have a good sense of what has been being built and what the inventory looks like. And I'm just curious, like when you look at the New Jersey uh, new development sector. You know what kind of properties are being built, and, and what does that inventory look like, and is there demand for it? Yeah, great question. So I'm pretty sure there's about seven thousand ish uh, uh, units um, 
right now for rental being built in Jersey City as a whole. There's a lot of new development going on uh, on the west side over like off 440 and in the West Bergen area. So we're gonna see a lot of new stuff happen um, in that neighborhood. Downtown along the waterfront, always, you know, big high rises coming in. Uh, mostly rentals though. Um, I can only think about two of the larger buildings, 99 Hudson, and then you got Park and Shore over by the Newport uh, area. You're gonna have um, maybe some of the smaller buildings, 70 units or less uh, in the more Western part of downtown Jersey City. You might see some condos coming in over there, uh, but 99 Hudson and, and Park and Shore are really the only new development uh, where you're still buying something that no one else has lived in, um, you know, available right now. And that, you know, has definitely been a demand, um, brand new. Right. Um, and what is the makeup? Buildings... What, is, it, is, it, is it mostly smaller units, one bedrooms, two bedrooms? Um... Yeah. Absolutely. I, I all, absolutely. So builders, you know, they got burned last time, you know, when the market crashed 2008, I was working on a new development building and the homes were gorgeous. I mean, we built like 1500 square foot, two bedrooms, gorgeous. But when the market crashed, it came down to, okay, this is what I want to spend on a home. I'm okay with it being an 1100, 1200 square foot, two bedroom. I don't need the 1500 square feet, but I want to spend this on the home. So for the developers, their price per square foot, you know, went down on those larger homes because it wasn't as much of a demand. Interestingly, mm -hmm. now that's a totally different thing we're seeing. The price per square foot on the three bedrooms has gotten so much higher than the one bedrooms in the same building. I do a lot of business in one particular building, so I can kind of compare apples to apples. And you know, we're seeing almost a thousand a square foot uh, on three bedrooms, but we're still in the high sevens on one bedrooms in that building. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's that. That's very interesting. Has that relationship been true in the past, or has it always been sort of a ladder, like you know, a decreasing price per square foot as you get larger, typically? Typically, yeah, that's what it usually is. The larger you go, the lower the price per square foot. But there's such a demand yeah. for the larger homes yeah. right now, so it's it's and but it's a challenging conversation to have with the seller because they're hearing, oh, it's crazy market, crazy market. Um, but it's not a crazy market for everything, um, right. and so. No, it really is. I think more now this past year than ever, we've really had to dig into the specifics of what you know someone's looking for and what someone is selling. And honestly, as people are working with buyers or you are a buyer, you know, you really yeah. have to understand how many of these this has come on the market in the last three months. How quickly did they go? Um, how much over asking, you know, were they and really understand about what specific thing that you're looking at or you're selling. So when I list something, I usually, I, you know, obviously you look at the comps, but I'm also looking at what else are we, what is that buyer gonna also go see during mm -hmm. this time? What are they comparing right. us to? And right. um, so I think that that's another thing that has to be thought, you know, thought about when you're in this process. Right. Hey, Natalie, um, real quick, could you give me an idea about what the rental sector is doing? The rental sector is, I'm, I'm going to be interested to watch. So there's a lot of uh, high rises. That's what's been built over the last 10 years and in, in certainly in downtown Jersey City. Um, so we are going to have uh, a lot of inventory on the market. We have it now. Um, you know, some buildings lost about 10% of their, um, you know, occupancy, which isn't terrible, but, um, you know, getting people back in, everybody, all the buildings are competing. Um, I would say that there's a lot more incentives to get renters in, to get uh, residents to uh, 
sign on the dotted line and, and move in. So you're seeing more things like, you know, multiple months free to move in. Uh, developers are getting creative with, um, I, I saw one that offered um, to pay for the move, uh, which obviously is just a creative way because it's probably cheaper than a full month's rent, but it was just a creative marketing mm -hmm. way to, uh, to incentivize. Uh, the larger landlords are paying the broker fees uh, full months. Um, and so they're right. a lot, it's it's taking a lot more to get people into those. But again, if it's a nice three bedroom or mm -hmm. big bedroom, right. something in demand, yeah, demand. So you'll see that it says you know you'll you'll pay attention. The incentives are for specific homes and not across the board. Now to that, if you're an individual owner that maybe has a condo that you bought as your first home, a one bedroom or a studio that you know you moved on to something bigger, but you held on to it because it was a great investment. You've been renting it for a few years. We saw a lot, a big shift there because landlords are now getting considerably less rent. I would say at least 15% less uh, when these renewals came up. It was, you know, a rough time to be showing to, you know, obviously negotiating. And the smaller landlord, they, you know, just regular guy that's got an extra spot. Um, they can't compete with these, you know, how can you give up four months of rent uh, yeah. and pay the you know, a lot of these bigger buildings are, are um, uh, doing discounted security deposits. I, I can't yeah. encourage my owners, my landlords to do that. Um, so the, the challenge we've seen for the individual owner that has maybe a one bedroom or a studio they bought as their first, you know, time buyer uh, home that mm -hmm. kept it and decided to rent it out because it was a good investment. Um, during this market, uh, that we saw last year, uh, instead of maybe putting it back on the market to rent, because obviously to compete with these bigger developers that these larger landlords that are giving away two, three, four months. I mean, I saw something in, in Weehawken that was uh, six months free, uh, you know, right. and they're paying the broker fee discount security deposits uh, it's very hard for the individual owner that just has one little condo to rent to compete with that and rather than take the not only the hit on the monthly rent but then have to pay more incentives to get a tenant in there we saw more of those coming onto the market my landlord said you know what it's time i really never planned on being a landlord this was a lot let's put it on the market and sell the challenge with right. that is that's a we're putting back on the market more of what was not necessarily in high demand in the first place at this point. Right. Yeah, uh, and that's so and that. Yeah, that's a, that's a fantastic point. If we could sort of you know, just, yeah. you know but we're running out of time. If I could just wrap up on that point, and that's you know, with the caveat that talking about the market is is great, but it's just the market, and really everything kind of comes down to sort of the individual buyer, the individual seller, and the individual property. If you're looking for value these days, where would you where would you, where would you take a look? You know, um, like I said, Jersey City has a lot of different neighborhoods, and I believe that it's going to keep growing. Um, there's just so much development happening, uh, and there's so much opportunity here. Uh, Hoboken was solid. Hoboken didn't really get affected too much uh, during all this. As things were selling, people were buying, so we saw a pretty decent market here in Hoboken. I would say be open to uh, doing some work. If you could, if you're open to not taking on, um, 
if you're open to not taking a, a you know turnkey place uh, that you're able to do a little bit, renovate some bathrooms, renovate a kitchen. Um, there's a lot of programs out there that it would give you you know cash to do that. Um, you're not competing with quite as many people during right. this time. People wanted something they could move right into yeah. that they more to. They could. I mean, who had time for a renovation? We're working. We got kids. It's you know home right. schooling. Um, it was just a crazy time. So if you were willing to go in and grab something that needed a little bit of love, you definitely had an opportunity. Plus on the smaller units, you know, if you are someone that's been renting for a while and maybe it's time that you want to, uh, you know, dive in and, and purchase something, start paying your own mortgage instead of somebody else's, you know, a one bedroom is not a bad idea in this wonderful market that we know is going to be in demand uh, forever and ever right outside of Manhattan. And so I think that there's opportunity there because the prices have gone down a little bit, but also because sellers are having to be more accommodating to some contingencies in that market. Um, you know, back, a, you know, a year and a half ago, if you came in with 5% down, you probably were going to be beat out by someone that was putting 20% down mm -hmm. in the market right now. People looking, you know, you might, you might be able to get in for 5% down and with rates as low as they are, when you do the monthly numbers, it still makes sense to go ahead and buy something with just that little bit of down payment. Um, you know, on the larger stuff, your people are having to forego home inspections. They're having to waive appraisals. They're having to put tons of you know money down. You don't see that in the in the smaller. Um, no. the... Yeah, I, I've seen this story before again with the five percent <laughs> down, and now and the next thing you're going to tell me is that the ninja loans are coming back. I mean, I don't know um, interest only. Um, I, I just hope we're a little bit more prudent this time around um, so, so the housing market doesn't do you know, stupid, silly things um, from the excess. But Natalie, this has been a, a, a nice glimpse outside of our normal world into New Jersey. So thank you so much for your time. Um, Natalie Minyard from Triple Mint talking about New Jersey. Um, great stuff. That is John Walkup over there. I am Noah Rosenblatt over here. We're both from Urban Digs. This has been Talking Jersey. And we'll catch you next time. Thank you, Natalie. Thanks, guys.